Hello and welcome to a CM Murray podcast. My name is Pooja Desgupta and I'm an associate at CM Murray. We're here today at our inaugural event of the International Forum of Senior Executive Advisors, IFSI, a membership group for professional advisors around the world who specialise in advising senior executives and founders. With me today, I have some excellent speakers and the moderator of the session that we've had just now who will be discussing the highlights from their panel discussion on how a senior executive can rebuild their reputation after facing public allegations of wrongdoing, personal brand and reputation management for senior executives and founders in crisis. So with me today, I have Gus Silito from Byfield Consultancy, who was the moderator of this session and is the co-founder of Byfield and one of the UK's leading public relations practitioners. We also have Danny Kaufer from Border Ladner Gervais LLP, and he focuses his practice on all issues regarding labour and employment law. We have Claire Gill of Carter Ruck, who's a partner there, and her practice focuses on defamation and privacy in addition to data protection and protection from harassment. We have Brian J. McDonough from Sharon and Lodgen LLP in the US, who is a partner and co-chair of the employment department there. And we have Kate Bearley from the FT, who's a legal correspondent. Now I'll hand over to Gus, who will ask our panellists a few key questions arising from the session. Thank you, Pooja. So what were your key takeaways from today's session? I'll start with Kate. I think a key one for me was this idea of managing a crisis situation pre-publication. And from my perspective, obviously, that, that's key in terms of putting together a story that is factually accurate, that has context in there, and that everyone is hopefully happy with. I thought that was a key point. And also the idea of managing a crisis in terms of admitting to something in the circumstances where that's needed, holding hands up and dealing with something in order to, to move past it, being better than kind of hunkering down and, and deny, deny, deny and taking that approach. Claire? I would agree the key was planning and the various aspects of planning in terms of effective lines of communication um, to, to get stories across and from the legal perspective to focus on putting journalists on notice of the true facts, the accurate facts, so that your client's story is fairly represented and working with PR advisors or comms teams alongside so that they can engage with journalists, whereas we focus our attention more on the lawyers. So I would say the key is to come up with a coherent and consistent narrative across all publications, avoid hostages to fortune and plan. Thank you, Claire. Danny. Yes, uh, thanks, Gus. Uh, I think that the key takeaway I bring from this panel is that no matter where you sit in the spectrum, I think everybody shares the same point, and that is being prepared. I think we're all prepared in a different sort of way. How fast I bring in my PR person or the execs from the company and Brian, the executive, and Claire, the executive. Kate, obviously, is less of a player in that part of the equation. But I think that that, to me, is really struck home that we're all doing the same thing, but in a different sort of way and at a different time point. And I think that, to me, was critical. And I, I think you probably bring us perspective as well, Gus, that where you get involved now is probably different from where you got involved five years ago. And I think that's also a critical point. Absolutely. And Brian? One of my biggest takeaways is the concept of 
there's no one-size-fits-all approach to crisis management, kind of building off of what Danny and others were saying. But there's certainly common themes and goals here. It's being proactive. I think we spoke a lot, and I think it's quite important. It's the, the relationship between the legal side and the PR side, having those worked. Whatever your position, whether it's representing the company, the executive, or otherwise, to have that relationship between the two groups. And just coming back to what Danny said from a PR perspective, I certainly sense and see that there's much more of that willingness from clients and lawyers to engage with the communication aspects of the crisis earlier on than there ever has been. And that's got to be a good thing to make sure that these crises are dealt with appropriately from a reputation and legal perspective. So as we look back over the last 12 months, what do you think are currently the key reputation risks for senior executives operating internationally? Claire? One of the issues that we're seeing come through our door quite frequently is loss of confidential data, or rather not necessarily loss, but where, say, a disgruntled employee has has stolen confidential data, and that opens up a huge can of worms and obviously has reputational risks and is one of the reasons why I think it's very important at a corporate level to have as robust policies as you possibly can in place to mitigate against those risks uh, in terms of data theft or managing your employees as well. I fully agree with that. I think uh, the information loss is, is critical, but I think one of the other interesting points is if we look at an international employer, what I always ask my clients to do is go find the expert in the field, in the jurisdiction, where they need to go. I mean, I can give them my perspective from a Canadian perspective, and although we all belong to the Commonwealth, except Brian, uh, it is different because we just come at it in a different sort of way. And so it is important to pick up the phone and call the expert in the UK so that we understand what the issues are today and not what we think the issues are because we read it in a newspaper. Brian? I agree with everything that's been said, for me, a different issue is the personal conduct or personal accountability. And it might be more acute, more timely in in the U.S. or Canada and the U.K. as opposed to other jurisdictions, but I think it's a universal issue. And I've certainly seen the impact regarding executive compensation, executive employment agreements. There's really been an emphasis on personal accountability, code of conduct that I've seen developing and continuing to Thank you. And Kate? I would second that. I think if it's 2019, we're talking about that that has been a real theme of the year, whether it be Me Too-related allegations and general allegations around misconduct, focused on specific individuals and sexual harassment cases. That has just been such an important movement. I would extend that out to things like corporate drinking cultures and some things like that which might not have been so much on the agenda before. But then also, I think cyber hacks have been key kind of risks, both generally across business and also reputationally, which does also feel like a, a kind of growing and, and quite new, or newish phenomenon. So in light of these risks and increased media scrutiny, what would be your top tip for senior executives and their advisors in managing reputational crisis in the future? On the story, uh, as it was indicated during the course of our presentation, if we get out in front and we are able to get a story across truthful, I believe that is a large, large part of the equation. And if we stay in front of the story, 
you know, somebody who comes on the first day of the event and doesn't say another word for 28 days or two months isn't going to have the same type of effect as somebody who comes in and says, we'll be briefing for the next two weeks at a given hour and there afterwards on an as-needed basis, I think that will be viewed as a very positive way. And in light of free trade agreements and all that's going on, I think CEOs that start looking elsewhere other than their home country to buy businesses and whatever else, becoming even more of a critical problem because when something breaks here and we wake up in the morning and hear about it, and we're working for that company, we'd like to know that somebody's already put their mind around it and dealt with it or at least focused on it so that something is said so that we can hear and go about our business and worry about what we need to do on a day-to-day -day basis and let those type of decisions be done by those who are responsible for taking those types of decisions and taking care of those issues. Ryan, top tips for your senior executives? I think, yes, there's a need to be proactive, to take immediate steps, but that needs to be balanced with, remember, we're in crisis mode, and so you need to be surrounding yourself with the appropriate advisors, whether it's PR folks, counsel, and yes, you want to be proactive, respond timely, but there's also that time out, take a deep breath, and develop an appropriate strategy and responses moving forward. Sometimes speed can kill, um, you know, so it's just mindful of that. Claire. I think I've probably said it already, really, but um, it, it is planning. And as Brian said in that session, there are some things you can't control and some things you can control. So where there is scope for forward planning, that absolutely should be done. But even where you're ambushed, you still have to take that time to reflect on what you're saying because something you say could come back to haunt you if it's not absolutely right. I think there's a big danger in electronic communication and social media. Senior executives ought to be very careful about how they use social media and make sure that those around them take the same care. Thank you. And Kate, finally, from a journalist perspective, what tips would you have for senior executives and their teams? I think I would urge engagement and to, and to to as great an extent as possible a kind of open approach which I just think builds a better story and builds a story with more context and builds a story where the company or person has more of a say in the narrative. I think, you know, being very aware of, of the kind of rules of engagement in terms of background briefings, on record quotes, those things are so useful to journalists when putting together a story and ultimately is the information, you know, that will come out if it's well sourced. So why not engage with it and, and give your side? Thank you very much, panellists, and back to Pooja. Just to finish off, I'd like to say thank you very much to Gus, Kate, Claire, Danny and Brian for sharing your very interesting insights into these topical issues. If you've enjoyed this podcast, as we hope you have, we'd very much encourage you to please like and share the podcast by visiting www.cmmurray.com forward slash ifc, where you'll also be able to find out about how to join for it if you should so wish. And thank you again for listening.